When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Not Over It. I'm Becky Kirsch. And I'm Zareen Siddiqui. This week, we're going to attempt to break down and hopefully figure out what the hell is going on with award season this year. Yes, as many people didn't even realize, award season has already started to not much celebration. No, awards are already happening, whether you realize it or not, but um, we'll get into all of that. Before we do, Becky, what's your not over it? So my not over it was last week, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox announced their engagement within hours of Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet announcing their divorce. Like, I didn't even have time to absorb one before I got the wave of the other it just felt like the circle of life like literally like the circle of life and it moves us all like as one couple falls away another rises from i was gonna say rises from the ashes which doesn't really make any sense but for machine gun kelly and megan fox it kind of does i guess um also of course both these couples had to have bizarre touchy-feely instagram announcements for how they decided to share the news I still blame Gwyneth Paltrow for this and the uncoupling. I think that's what started all of this constant joint, like, you know, statements that people put out or whatever. We don't need them. You broke up. It's okay. We get it. It happens. No, I agree. Um, The conscious uncoupling. So Jason Momoa, which I guess you expect from these celebrities, but he posted, we have all felt the squeeze and changes (laughs) of these transformational times. A revolution is unfolding and our family is no exception. So bizarre. Feeling and growing from the seismic shifts occurring. And so we share our family news that we are parting ways in marriage. We share this not because we think it's newsworthy, but so that as we go about our lives, we may do so with dignity and honesty. The love between us carries on evolving in ways it wishes to be known and lived we free each other to be who we are learning to become our devotion unwavering to the sacred life in our children teaching our children what's possible living the prayer may love prevail i wasn't planning on reading that whole entire wow, thing but once i, think I started we need a, i couldn't a, a track stop. now <laughs> this feels like you just did a one-act play where's the tony nom <laughs> that was so moving I'm not, like, I, at a certain point, I didn't even know what you were talking about. And I was like, wow, I agree. <laughs> what happened to just uh, letting your publicist say, uh, we've decided to split amicably after five years of marriage? Right. You hired people to handle this for you. You don't need to handle it yourself. Isn't that the whole perk of being a celebrity is constantly having other people do things for you? 
Yeah, I don't know. Now, he also, like, included a bunch of photos that I didn't fully understand. Now I feel like I have to do a dramatic reading of Megan Fox's post. Which, I don't know why I was surprised that Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly got engaged. Like, I literally was like... They're drinking each other's blood. They should be engaged, I guess, at this point. I was like, this feels quick. But I don't know why (laughs) I had that reaction. But her post, which was, you know, picture, if you haven't seen it, it's a photo of them, him down on one knee. And her caption read, also, it's important to note that both of these were sort of, the the captions were written in this like strange, like, you know, version of iambic pentameter or whatever it is, like a poem. So that's why I have to give it the reading. Makes sense. But I expect this more from her, especially if you've seen, you know, we talked about their relationship test, the way they talk about each other. It's just, it's a lot, but. In July of 2020, we sat under this banyan tree. We asked for magic. So we were oblivious, oblivious to the pain we would face together in such a short frenetic period of time, unaware of the work and sacrifices the relationship would require from us, but intoxicated off of the love and the karma. Somehow, a year and a half later, having walked through hell together and having laughed more than I ever imagined possible, he asked me to marry him. And just as in every lifetime before this one, and as in every lifetime that will follow it, I said yes. And then we drank each other's blood. Oh, my God. Is this some Jersey Cloud Atlas? No. (laughs) Is this some Cloud Atlas shit? Like they met in every lifetime and they found each other in every lifetime? No. Also, a year and a half is like not that long and they keep acting like they've been together for 900 years and it's like it took them so long to find each other. And they keep referring to themselves as, or maybe it's just other people keep referring to themselves. No, Zarina, I just told you they met in every lifetime. <laughs> like, that's how long they've been together. As, it's literally a tale as old as time. Well, I have so many Disney references I can make in this one time. Yeah, no, I, this is just exhausting. They just weird me out. I don't understand this couple. I don't think many people do. It feels just like a show to me. And Sometimes it's like interesting where I like look at pictures. And I'm like, wow, this is weird and funny and strange. There they are. And other times I'm like, no more. I want no more of this. I mean, the wedding pictures, it's going to be something. Her engagement um, ring was like her birthstone and his birthstone put together. And it's bizarre looking. I yeah, it's very, I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. <laughs> I don't it's like the tattoo that like Victoria Beckham and David Beckham <laughs> yes. has. No, I don't. Um, I don't anyway, it. enough about that. Let's talk about you. What's your not over it? Um, well, to completely switch gears, I came across a tweet from Reese Witherspoon, which um, made me ask the question, is Reese Witherspoon turning into a crypto bro? Hmm? She recently tweeted, in the near future, every person will have a parallel digital identity. Avatars, <laughs> crypto wallets, digital goods will be the norm. Are you planning for this? Just Mm -hmm. overall, like, strange and confusing. Obviously, there was a lot of people responding, like, are you okay, Reese? Like, what's happening? Is everything okay? Um, Not a lot of follow-up here. She just continues to tweet as normal. The next tweet, unfortunately, was about how the morning show has been renewed for another season, and I don't know what we're doing wrong, but here we are. Um, So, I guess it's a two-part not over it. The tweet and the morning show being renewed. Um, Do you think this is, like, promo for some upcoming product or company or like deal well that's what makes me think she's now going to be like a crypto bro it's like maybe her and ashton could have like combined forces and they're just gonna i don't know doesn't he invest well it's like have you seen 
Jennifer Aniston's new venture with her animated Smart dog. Water? Oh. No. Just like my friend Molly was like, was like, what's up with this animated dog? And like, to be honest with you, I couldn't figure it out. And then I got tired. But, you know, everyone's got these 400 things happening on the side, these side hustles. It's unclear. Yeah. This is confusing, know. though. This sounds like she was hacked. But I guess not. Yeah, because the next tweet is very normal. Of like, yeah, we've been renewed. And I'm like, okay, so you, it is you. You are still there. God, I can't believe now I have to watch another season of The Morning Show. You don't have to. We have to break the cycle Don't for I, you. though? Don't I, though? You don't. You don't. Oh, my God. That's, like, how I spent my holidays finishing Nine Perfect Strangers, which I don't think I ever even talked to you about, but... No, I have no idea what that is. My God, that was terrible. Well, but, you don't need to watch this. Love is Blind Season 2 is coming back. Watch that instead. Uh, no. Let's start talking about some things maybe we should watch, because... An, another area where I end up holding myself accountable to watch as much as possible is award season. Yes. The Golden Globes did, in fact, happen, even though collectively we all missed it because they did not air on television. Yes, I'd like to start with a reading of a few, a few real texts I received last <laughs> week. The first one comes from you on the night of the Golden Globes when I think I said something Oh, it was the night that Bob Saget died. And I said, I keep thinking about how the Golden Globes were supposed to be tonight. And, you know, how would they be acknowledging that? And you responded, I can confirm I haven't had a single thought about the Golden Globes. (laughs) (laughs) That was followed by three days later, I got a text from a friend. So the Golden Globes happened and no one cared. And you and I also both got a text from a former coworker. Let me get this straight. The HFPA fucked up so monumentally that NBC didn't even televise the Globes. And the answer to all of these questions is yes. Yes, they happened. Yes, no one cared. And yes, the HFPA messed up quite monumentally. Yes, I guess I've done an amazing job of just blocking out the Golden Globes after A, feeling like I was going insane watching Emily in Paris win awards at the Golden Globes last year. And then B, I don't learning. think it won any. It didn't win any awards. Oh, it didn't. Just being nominated, I think it was jarring enough for me then. <laughs> But then B, learning that they were nominated because the HFPA is just full of a bunch of toddlers you can bribe with Jolly Ranchers, essentially. Yes. Well, you know what, Zareen? That is sort of a a microcosm of what actually did happen in terms of how we got here. Emily in Paris actually did play a role, and so did its nomination. So we're going to try to give you the abridged version. But basically, the HFPA, which is the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, are a group of journalists who run and vote on the Golden Globe. So this group are the ones who pick who's going to win the Globe. So when people thank the Academy, they're thanking a group of, you know, actors and people who work in production who have been selected to pick the Oscars or like, you know, the different Academies for different award shows. But for this one, it's journalists who are choosing them, not their peers. So they've always been a little shady. Uh, The HFPA have a history of accusations of accepting bribes for nominations and wins. Um, And they're generally just considered to not be that prestigious of an organization. For example, last year, Emily in Paris earned a bunch of surprise nominations, surprise because that show was mostly railed by critics. I mean, people like enjoyed it for, you know, the guilty pleasure reasons, but right. guilty pleasure reasons, but not for um, award reasons. <laughs> no, not for award reasons. Thank God it's been renewed for another two seasons. In this case, it came at the expense of more acclaimed shows, for example, I May Destroy You, which got a ton of praise from critics, also has a black woman as a creator, star, and showrunner, and a much more diverse cast than Emily in Paris. So, And 
Then it came out that members of the HFPA were treated to a fancy VIP set visit to Paris when they were filming Emily in Paris. So you do the math. It's not a good look. And this is other things like this have happened over the years in terms of um, it's seeming like certain parties were bribing the HFPA to get a nomination or a win. And a lot of times those bribes worked. Jolly Ranchers. Um, But yes, you combine that with the fact that as of 2020, the HFPA had no black members um, and Hollywood, I guess, essentially decided to get together and put their foot down and boycott the show. So NBC is a network that usually hosts the Golden Globes, and they decided last year that they would no longer air the show. So this decision was made, obviously, last year that the Golden Globes would not be televised. I think you and I both assumed like, oh, they're announcing that they're not going to be televised on NBC. But I know I assume some other network would pick it up or it would happen somewhere. And turns out, no, everyone. Right. Really like together. in May when they're talking about who is going to air the Golden Globes, you're like, yeah, cool, whatever. Like call right. me in December when the nominations come out. And then, you know, fast forward to now where in addition to the stars also jumped on board with the networks of boycotting because they were like, even though they added more members of color, it was like too little, too late. Like, this award show sort of bullshit anyway, like we're just not going to show up. And then you add the pandemic, which has been disrupting live events again. And we'll get to that later. But basically it's like now really who's going to show up for this when we're in the middle of Omicron, it's already like no one wants to go there. So technically the Golden Globes went on, but it wasn't on TV. There was no live stream. There was no red carpet. There were no celebrities. There were no speeches. So basically the only incentives you would have to watch this were completely gone. So the winners were announced on social media to zero fanfare. Right. So we, aka the fans, were pretty absent from the Golden Globes happening. So who's winning the Golden Globes? Does it even matter? What we do know is that we don't know anything about what's going to come this award season. But the Golden Globes generally set the tone and sort of light the fire for folks like you and I about, you know, watching these nominated projects. And I feel extremely out of the loop now. Yeah, well, something that's also interesting about that that we'll talk more about later is that now because of the pandemic and the the recent surge, people are also not going to the movie theater to see the nominated movies that aren't streaming. So that's, you know, the box office is also affecting things. But in terms of who won power of the dog which is a movie that's streaming on netflix won best drama and won best director for jane campion so i would say that's currently a big front runner overall um west side story also won best musical or comedy because the golden globe separates the categories into uh drama and musical comedy because the hfpa wants to smash in as many celebrities as they can possibly get there's also tv awards but we all know the emmys are the most prestigious tv awards so in general we care less about those when it comes to award season yes fair enough um also i think they probably add more categories because then there's more chances to get schmoozed right you win more categories (laughs) so that makes sense um will smith won best actor in a drama for king richard which is a movie i actually watched in the theater believe it or not um you could have watched it on hbo Max. you already talked about that we had a whole conversation about it on this podcast just refreshing (laughs) the memory since it's we all believe it's real we heard about um I think you could have watched this on HBO Max, but I think you no longer can. You've missed the boat like I've missed the boat to watch Dune. Um, I, I watched both those movies on HBO Max because there's nothing I, try, I hate I tried more to than watch having Dune. to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we know. We also know you watched 25 <laughs> minutes of Dune, but you also watched Tick, Tick, Boom. And Andrew yes. Garfield won 
the other side of this best actor in a musical or comedy for that movie, which is streaming on Netflix. And I think both of these two are going to be up for the rest of the awards. And it's going to be interesting to see who wins. I always want it to be Andrew Garfield, but it'll probably be Will Smith. This is the life of Bobo. This is the life of Bobo. I want it to be Will Smith, but I really, really, really liked Andrew Garfield in this movie. Um, Nicole Kidman won for um, being in the Ricardos, which my mom let me watch exactly 10 minutes of before she turned it off and deemed it not worthy. Um, I don't think that's an accurate review, so please don't trust it if for some reason you trust my mother's reviews. Um, And then Succession won Best TV Drama, Jeremy Strong won for Best Actor, and Sarah Snook won for Best Supporting Actress, which I agree with. I actually thought Nicole Kidman was excellent in being the Ricardos and I would support her going all the way award season. But what's interesting to me is that Kristen Stewart seemed like she was going to be the front runner for playing princess Diana and Spencer. And now she wasn't even nominated for the screen actors guild award. And they haven't announced the Oscar nominations yet, but I don't know. She seems like she's losing steam over there. I can't, I can't, I can't watch that movie for, I, I think I've expressed this too, but it's just, Kristen Stewart is not Princess Diana. I can't believe it. It's too, it's too bizarre for me to lean into that. I um, had heard that this movie was weird and not that good. And I watched it this week and I was really into it. I really, really? liked it. You have to kind of, you can't uh, go into it as like, you're watching a biopic of Princess Diana because it's absolutely not that. And when it starts, it's like, this they kind of intro it as being like a fable and it's definitely a little it's a little out there so i see why people don't like it but i was really into it i i I went back and forth i thought christmas did a good job but it it is hard to you're never like oh i feel like i'm looking at princess diana not christmas (laughs) Stewart. yeah that's my she doesn't exactly she she doesn't get lost in there like I thought about Twilight a lot while I watched it, but <laughs> yeah, that's she, she did a good job. I mean, the, they did such a. There's so much about it that's beautiful. Like her clothes are all, all the the costumes um, are all really beautiful, and the sets and the shots. Um, but I, I did think the whole time I was watching it, I was like, I'm pretty sure Zareem would hate this movie, but um, <laughs> listen, I liked it. All right, well, we're not going to read every single winner now that you know that the Golden Globes took place. You can go forth and find the rest but we should talk about some of the wins that did stand out especially the wins that were first for diversity and inclusion which obviously the golden globes is sort of trying to do better at yes um kayla j rodriguez who took him she took home the award for best performance by an actress in television series was the first transgender woman to win a golden globe which is wonderful news. She won the award for the series Pose, which is coming to an end. Um, so that was, she was obviously very excited about that posting. Um, and it was nice to see her get the recognition. Yeah. And I know when we talked about this, it, it's unclear how this, the celebrities obviously boycotted this. So we were kind of like, were the celebrities robbed of this moment where they were going to win an award or is it for the greater good? And I obviously we can't speculate on how they feel, but you know, she did post on Instagram. She wrote like, wow, thank you. This is a door that's going to open the door for many more talented individuals. They will see that more as possible. So obviously this was still a big moment for her. Right. You and I discussed this a little bit um, where 
you know, this is a platform that obviously needs to be changed because there's a not a lot of we're clearly seeing that there's a discrepancy in terms of who's winning these awards and who's getting nominated. But on the other hand, you know, there is like for someone like MJ Rodriguez, where she's won something and she's the first, you know, transgender woman to win an award. So obviously, this this is going to mean a lot to her despite maybe this isn't the platform she wanted to win the first time, whatever, you know, because the Golden Globes are sort of tainted in this moment. But when you're marginalized or you're a community that doesn't get recognized, I think sometimes even this recognition does mean something. Right. Despite the platform, I think. Right. And also notably, Oh Young Soo, who is better known to us Americans as the old man from Squid Game. If you've seen Squid Game, you (laughs) you definitely know who the old man is. Uh, He was the first actor from South Korea to win a Golden Globe. It's also interesting to me that Squid Game showed up a lot on the list of nominations for the SAG Awards. It it does always feel a little like pandery, though. Like, oh, because so many people watch Squid Game, now we're going to nominate it versus like all these other great shows that maybe aren't seen as much. It, it, It still feels a little weird, but it's better. Honestly, it's still better than we've done in the past. So moving closer to honor. And, and, you know, it's also a big deal to honor a show that was not in English. Like, I don't remember the last time a television show that was foreign language was nominated or won. Right. You don't see a ton of recognition in those areas. I mean, I think the last time I barely remember, but I think the last time I do remember a series that wasn't in English getting nominated was Narcos. Um, And it's been a while since that show has been, you know, nominated for anything. So it is. It's nice to see a little bit of diversity, but at the other hand, it also feels like they're kind of shooing something in versus really paying attention to all of the, you know, diverse television that's actually out there. It's very like, this is trending, so now we're going to nominate it. Right. Well, and to a certain extent, that's like all of awards, you know, it's, it's a symptom of a larger problem. But I feel like we've already talked more about the Golden Globes than literally anyone else has. So yeah. why don't we take a break? <laughs> and when we come back, we can talk about the rest of awards season. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right. Well, historically, Golden Globes kicks off award season and then the rest of them quickly follow. And while there's less controversy about the other shows, a lot of them have already been postponed or rescheduled because of the Omicron surge. For example, the Critics' Choice Awards were supposed to be the same night as the Golden Globes, which actually could have been a very effective play to steal their thunder, presuming that they would have gotten celebrities to actually show up there and accept their awards. But They had to pull out of that date, and they postponed them to March 13th, which was the same night as the BAFTAs. So I guess they're just going to steal the thunder from someone else who, you know, the BAFTAs don't really deserve to get their thunder sold. It sounds like like there weren't a lot of dates left if everyone's pushing back their awards. Uh, The SAG Awards and the Spirit Awards are still currently scheduled for late February, early March. Um, The SAG Awards 
production team are alleging it's still going to be live versus last year's virtual show. And I think no one wants to see another show happening all via Zoom. So we're going to keep our fingers crossed. Um, And then, of course, on the other side of Hollywood are the Grammys, which were supposed to air at the end of January. Yes, um, that's also been pushed with no current air date right now. Um, The background on the Grammys is, you know, there's a lot of controversy happening around that award show as well. Um, For a little bit of background, the Grammys have always had some issues with sort of every new crop of nominations year after year. But specifically last year, if you missed it, The Weeknd was very upset that his album After Hours received absolutely zero nominations despite sending four and a half weeks at the top of the U.S., Billboard 200 charts, um, plus the many, many, it it got a lot of good reviews. So I think everyone was sort of expecting his album to get some kind of accolade or nominations. He was shut out of every category. Even Blinding Lights wasn't nominated. And I know you saw that song stuck in your head. How could we not? His Instagram post, which said, quote, the Grammys remain corrupt, um, basically opened up the floodgates last year for anyone who has ever had beef with the Grammys, which is a lot of people, and they all came out to play. Um, Nicki Minaj has been nominated for, you know, over 10 times and has never won. Tiana Taylor, Halsey, Zane Mullick. Um, a lot of these artists kind of reverted to saying the same thing in terms of, you know, you have to schmooze the Recording Academy and gift them in order to get recognitions. Similar to the Golden Globes, it seems like all of these award shows have similar problems. But um, specifically, the Recording Academy's former CEO, claimed um, that when she was ousted from her post at the start of the year, it was because she was basically being steered by board members sitting on secret committees to basically push forward artists with whom they had relationships with for awards. Um, The Academy has denied this, but I sort of believe it. Well, I mean, all these award shows feel like they're political in some respect, even like the right. Oscars when it's just like, we're going to give it to Leo because he never won one before. And it's like his time, because at the end of the day, the people who are voting for the Oscars are like his peers and like, they can't guarantee that, but there's no, it's objective. And as we've talked about, they don't have to watch any or all of the movies that they're voting on. That's sort of, it's all just like a popularity contest. It is. It's like, who's the most liked to this year? Who seems like, but like, even aside from that, I think the obvious claims in, in, at the Grammys, of corruption is that, you know, The Weeknd isn't the first black artist to have a serious issue with the Recording Academy. Jay-Z, Rihanna, and Frank Ocean, they've all expressed how the Grammys sort of invite a lot of black artists to perform um, because they know they bring in the viewership, but then don't reward them. I mean, like, for example, I mean, Lemonade didn't win album of the year Beyonce lost to Adele and I love Adele but it felt like a snub right Lemonade was a monumental album I think and deserved the accolade of album of the year well even Adele thought Lemonade should have won she was crying and telling Beyonce how much she loved Lemonade and was almost seemed embarrassed to be accepting it but I can't possibly accept this award and I'm very humbled and I'm very grateful and gracious but my artist of my life is Beyonce in this album for me. The Lemonade album was just so monumental, Beyonce. It was so monumental. Yeah, I mean, yes, I remember that speech. She saved um, Kanye a trip to the stage. Yo, Taylor, I, I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. Well, as um, 47-time nominee and only four-time winner, Drake recently Wait, he said. he was nominated 47 <laughs> times. Is that true? 
Yes. Matt, see, this is why sometimes I have to roll my eyes at the Grammys because I'm like, well, are people really complaining about this? It seems like, unlike the rest of these things where you're no, like, oh, Drake- sorry, Andrew Garfield, like it wasn't your year. These people are like, you do one thing and then they're like, here's 700 Grammys for you. No, but that's also, but that's, that again, to challenge that is like the one black artist that appeals to a white audience is the only one that you're going to nominate 47 times is like, as much as I love Drake and I love Drake probably more than anyone. Well, I, it's, I don't think he's the only one who's that's been. I'm not saying that there's no racism at hand. I'm more talking just about the sheer volume of categories that the Grammys have. No, yeah, I mean he's been nominated. So also, but we have to like he Drake comes on thousands of people. Like he's featured. Anytime he gets featured, I feel like he gets nominated too, which is like slightly exhausting. But um, he recently said, "quote I think we should stop allowing ourselves to be shocked every year by the disconnect between impactful music and these awards, and just accept that what." once was the highest form of recognition may no longer matter to the artists that exist now and the ones that come after. It's like a relative you keep expecting to fix up, but they just can't change their ways. This is a great time for somebody to start something new that we can build up over time and pass on to generations to come. And so the Drakeys are the future? I mean, I, I yeah, if it means more people will be nominated, then great, yeah. God's plan. God's plan. Unless Drake's just plans on giving... Do you think more? I feel like more award shows are coming out every year. Why don't you just decide that the American Music Award is the most prestigious now? Well, I think what I I think what he's getting at is like let's just get rid of the Grammys. Like we don't if we don't need if no one believes in this institution anymore. Why are they even doing it? Let's replace it with something else. Which that's what I don't think we need more. But maybe oh, you know, take some out. I'm fine with replacing. It's the end addition yeah. too. Well, that's also you know the Golden Globes. Well, another show that has its own checkered past with racism <laughs> who remembers oscars so white every year who could forget Gosh. um as of now the oscars because they are the last ones to air have not had to be postponed they are allegedly still slated to go on march 27th the nominations have not come out yet but you know there's still time and the big news which uh, it's big depending on who you ask is that they are going to have a host this year for the first time since 2018 serene did you remember who the last host was it was Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> the past few years, there has not been a host, but Jimmy Kimmel hosted in 27 and 2018. Obviously, we all remember that Jimmy Kimmel hosted during the most important Oscars of our time, which is when they accidentally gave it to La La Land instead of Moonlight. Oh, my God. <laughs> this, there's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. My favorite moments of all time. But they haven't said who the host could be, but the first name that's being tossed around is Tom Holland. I love that. I hope. But I like that. That name's being tossed around, but the the backstory is very confusing because basically in an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, he expressed interest in hosting the Oscars. It sounded like they reached out to him. And first he basically said, I'd be open to it maybe in the future, but I'm very busy. I don't have time. I have this press tour. I have more things coming out. Uh, maybe one day, but not now. I love to, I love doing that kind of thing. We all know he can sing and dance, but he basically was like, I'm interested, but not now. Then according to the article, they hung up and two minutes later, Tom Holland called back. And said, <laughs> I just wanted to quickly backtrack on what I said. You asked me about the Oscars. You're the first person to bring that up. And I'm sitting here going, of course I would host the fucking Oscars. I just went to the bathroom and was looking at myself in the mirror and was like, what kind of fucking idiot would host the Oscars? So yeah, if they asked me to do it, I would, and it would be very fun. I would really enjoy it. Oh my God. 
Just based on the story alone of how endearing this is, I would really like him to host No, this is the young energy we need at the Oscars. Yes. He's the one that constantly needs to be, like, tame so he doesn't, like, share spoilers of his own movies on every press tour he goes to. Like, I I want him on stage saying things that he shouldn't be saying because that's big Tom Holland energy. No, also, he has done musicals. If you have seen his... Uh, monumental performance on Lip Sync Battle from a few years ago. Oh my God, yes, Performing amazing. Umbrella. You can see what he can do. And then, of course, um, the joke that I always make at every award show is that I assume they ask Zendaya to host everything because no one brings out the kids like yeah. Zendaya. And if they can't get her, why not her boyfriend? And they did, of course, ask him if he thinks he could get Zendaya to do it with him. And he said, I could run it by her, but <laughs> I'm not too sure. Yeah, that's a definite no. There's no way Zendaya is doing that. But I would take Tom Holland. That would be wonderful. The so would you pair him with if you were trying to recreate that I feel like James Franco Anne Hathaway? I <laughs> that actually was the think, last time they went for the young people. I actually don't think I would pair him with a young person. I think I feel like Tom Holland is like this generation's Hugh Jackman, but better. But better? I, I like Tom. I, just, I find him to be, yeah, I like him better, I think. Hugh but that Jackman would be like a, a fun treasure. Pair. No, I, lo- I love Hugh Jackman, but I just think I think Tom Holland's going to have a better – I'm excited for what's to come in his career trajectory. Are you going to say a better career? Are you trying to insinuate that Hugh Jackman did not have a great career? He is still alive and very active in his the career. The greatest <laughs> showman is loved by All women and Facebook. <laughs> everywhere. Uh, no, but objectively, Hugh Jackman. No, Wolverine. he's great. No, yeah, the prestige. My God, amazing. Um, all right. Let's let's wrap up here. Why don't we take a quick break and we come back? We'll have some uh, final thoughts on. We're gonna do a deep dive into Hugh Jackman's career. (laughs) (laughs) All right. To close things out, let's like sort of take a step back and ask ourselves: What was Hugh Jackman's first movie? (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) Duh. What was the first? I think the first thing I ever saw him in was the first X Men. That was his first movie for me. I don't know what his first movie ever was. We have to look. To, probably he was probably in like Neighbors, that Australian TV show that everyone <laughs> Dancing with the Stars, Australia. Yeah. Um. No, I was going to say, obviously, based on the text we received, it's a mixed bag of do people even care about award season anymore? And I feel like generally, even before any of this happened, the answer has been no. Like, people don't really care about award season. No, I think the energy that I'm getting from a lot of my friends is sort of like, I don't care about this award show, but I can't believe it didn't happen. Like, I can't believe it didn't happen. And you're like, so do you care? Or do you I feel like we're obsessed with not caring about award shows, but we do sort of keep up with the minutia of, like, who has the award or who got nominated, who got snubbed. Like, the, that, those sort of, like, headlines and stuff still makes the rounds it still makes the news it's like conversation that happens and i genuinely have always liked watching award shows and still do most of them not all um and will continue to watch them when no one else does but i also do use the nominees as an indicator of movies that i maybe wouldn't have watched and should watch but now it's i don't know if most people have that reaction to it because the movies that are being nominated are not what they used to be like Titanic or Lord of the Rings. Like it's been a long time since we've had one of those movies. And part of it is because of 
changes in box office. And now these movies are streaming, but you'd think more people would watch the movies that are readily available. But like, I don't know anyone except for my parents who've seen Power of the Dog. <laughs> no, you right. To your point, it almost seems like now that we have more digestible movies kind of coming out, it still seems like people are not really opting for them. Whereas Lord of the Rings or Titanic seem like much more big ventures sort of a thing. And yet the audiences were flocking to it. But maybe that's what award season is like. It's supposed to be. It goes hand in hand with blockbusters. I don't know. And then there's always like the random three movies that it's like this octopus movie keeps winning everything. I don't know what's what it's about. And like, is it a fish? What's going on? We're like my octopus teacher. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> no, no, no. There was like a movie about an Oscar movie that like got that it won Best Picture. What was it? It was about a fish. Fighting Nemo. Oh, The Shape of Water. Yeah. Okay, you referred to as my octopus movie. That's. The fact that I got that <laughs> yeah. like really oh, is a, shows how fluently I speak Zarine. Um <laughs> I do think I'm excited by the fact that Dune is being thrown in there for contention because I do think that's the opposite. And there's something just fun about the big blockbuster that doesn't feel so like uh, you have to, you know, have watched Nomadland to see the best picture of the year. I mean, do you know anyone that watched Nomadland? Like you kind of miss yeah. that. Like everyone loved this movie and we all want right. to see it win. Like the crowd pleasers. Yeah. I think we, we all sort of miss like collectively liking something together. <laughs> it's like, right. Well, and it's like West Side Story seems like it could have been that movie, but no one saw it. No. Or like, don't look up, got mixed reviews. Although I do feel like more people saw it. Um, I like King Richard has some more mainstream appeal, but the rest of them, The Lost Daughter, Coda, Belfast, Swan Song, Licorice Pizza, based on the confused look you're giving me, I can tell that you couldn't tell me one thing about any of these no, movies. These and you were much closer to the situation than <laughs> most people are. Yeah. No, these titles alone, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe award shows are just going to die at some point if this continues. But should they? Should they die? I mean, if they all are just like a rigged, controversial popularity contest and plenty of people will tell you they're ridiculous because art is subjective. So you can't vote on the best art of the year. No. So it's all just a game anyway. And if no one's watching them to be entertained, that's the other thing. It's like so many of these award shows originally were so that audiences could get a piece of Hollywood and now we're like give us less pieces of Hollywood like they all have social (laughs) media like we don't need this special occasion to see these stars rubbing elbows like Kim Kardashian's probably gonna have a party next week and we'll see all the footage right that's a very good point well to close things out Becky it is now time for the burning question are you ready so quickly are you ready yeah okay You've been asked to co-host the Oscars because you won a contest I entered you in against your will. Cool. You get to pick your co-host. Who do you choose? You're not going to give me, like, options, horrible options? No, I'm not giving you a horrible option. Who would I choose? You can't pick Bo Burnham or Andrew Garfield. No. Oh, my God. I was like... (laughs) I was like, I can't pick Andrew Garfield. That's too predictable. <laughs> um, I would like to choose a woman. Okay. When, have two women ever hosted the Oscars? No, that's not allowed. I mean, like, <laughs> I would pick Zendaya. Oh, that's good. 
You know who else I would consider picking? I would consider picking Anne Hathaway because I felt like she got a lot Just, of flack for when justice she... Justice for yes. Annie. <laughs> yeah. I felt bad for her. I mean, the, the options are plentiful. Beyonce. Like, if you could tune into the Oscars knowing that Beyonce was going to perform something for you, regardless of what it was, yeah, everyone true. would watch that. Beyonce's not that funny, though. I want to no, pick yeah, someone that's, who's funny. It's like, some, like, yeah, someone who's, like, naturally very... I keep leaning towards, like, Jennifer Lawrence, but... I, I would like enjoy make, hosting with Jennifer Lawrence. That would be fun, she, too. She just make, like, fun offhand comments. But two white... No one wants to see two white girls. We have to think about... We're, we're pushing things... We're That's pushing true. things forward, so... Maybe Mindy Kaling. She would be fun. I'm going with Zendaya. I think we'd have good energy. DJ, play the music that they play when they're cueing people off the stage for the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> 